Hello everyone, welcome. Um, I know it's pretty late in the day, but thanks for showing up here. Uh, my name is Sai Mukundan. I'm from the product management team at um, Cohesity, and I'm joined by two of our uh, customers as well. So uh, uh, with that, let's uh, rock and roll here. Um, so this session is about you know, how you can uh, leverage both AWS as well as uh, a Cohesity uh, solution. We are a partner of AWS, a storage competency partner. Uh, in order to solve your disaster recovery needs. Um, so like I said, uh, I'm from Cohesity. Uh, Mike here is from Dobby. Uh, they are a customer of both Cohesity and AWS. And Ed uh, represents uh, HPD, uh, a partner, and he's going to talk on behalf of uh, a customer case study as well. Um, so just to get things started, um, I think if we, uh, if we just look at the causes of of, of disasters in general, and I'm sure many of you can relate to this. Um, you know, much of uh, the reasons for disaster typically tends to revolve around, um, you know, you know, failures in the infrastructure. It's also around the processes, right? Um, things like, you know, uh, something around automation or, or, or power failures, things like that. Um, and unfortunately, more often than not, nowadays we are seeing more of the natural disasters as well, right? Um, and when we think about disaster recovery, we also not only think about these sort of unplanned downtime, but there's also planned downtime that you have to really you know, prepare for uh, due to upgrades, uh, other scenarios. So in this context, uh, you know, that's, that's sort of like the context that we are talking, going to talk about in terms of how you can leverage both Cohesity and AWS uh, to address your disaster recovery needs. So when we um, look at sort of like our customer base, what we find out that their disaster, DR in general is a concern for many, many folks. Uh, but unfortunately, there is not a, a solid recovery plan in place. Uh, and much of it has to do around both uh, people and process, right? So bringing orchestration, uh, and um, when I say orchestration, it's really having that API first, API driven architecture, both for your on-premise as well as you know, in, the, in the cloud with AWS. That's the sort of orchestration that really can solve some of these pain points around both people and process. Um, and what we also find out is uh, customers um, uh, such as yourself, DR tends to be a great uh, use case for the cloud as well, because as you, you know, we heard about it in the keynote today where you know, they're kind of closed down their last data center. Uh, but when you have these sort of hybrid uh, scenarios, uh, disaster recovery is a great use case for leveraging the cloud as well, right? Um, so uh, obviously, you know, this is complicated in the, in the sense that uh, it's uh, the data growth that we see uh, both as well as in the primary environments as well as in environments due to backup, uh, test dev and other you know pre-prod pre environments, it complicates the amount of uh, you know uh, data that you are dealing with, and thereby your uh, your disaster recovery plans as well. So from a, an AWS perspective, you know just setting the context, I'm sure this is familiar to most of you. Um, there are obviously you know two kinds of um, storage at a high level. There is the block storage, that's your EBS, and then your instances are running over there. Uh, and then uh, on the object side, we have S3, um, S3IA, and, uh, and Glacier. So when we talk about uh, DR here, we will be talking about leveraging both these aspects of uh, AWS. And then from a data transfer capability, um, there are, uh, there's, there's the networking aspect with Direct Connect. 
And then for really large scale transfers, we have um, uh, Snowball. But for the most part, the purpose of this talk is around how we can you know, address your DR scenario by leveraging AWS using both block as well as object uh, storage types in, in AWS. So before we talk about um, you know, uh, the, the specifics of the Cohesity and AWS technology, what are the, what are the factors that, that you typically need to consider? Um, obviously, you know, RPO and RTO is a, is a major consideration for DR. So that's uh, the point objective and the time objective based on, you know, when you think about the different set of applications you have, they typically tend to have different SLAs, uh, different um, recovery point and time objectives. Um, and so it, it doesn't necessarily you know, have to be a one-size-fits-all strategy. So we're going to talk about a couple of different ways in which you can leverage both Cohesity and AWS to address your uh, disaster recovery needs. So that's where you have to have a good sense of what your RPO and RTO objectives are. The second thing um, is here we are talking about leveraging more of data that is backed up on-premise. So you have your primary workloads, but then uh, just for data protection, you tend to back it up, right? And how can we leverage that data set for, to address your disaster recovery? So the idea is that you have policy-based um, automation and policy-based uh, technology in place that you can leverage for this um, uh, process. Uh, and I also already touched on this, automation and API first is, is very important. Um, the other thing that we find is the ease of use and simplicity uh, in terms of integrating both your on-premise and your AWS uh, you know, scenarios. And that's where the ease of use and management really comes into play. Um, and then obviously when we are talking uh, recovering from your backups and, and in disaster recovery scenarios, it's got to be reliable, right? The fact that these restores need to happen, uh, you need to be able to do fire drill sort of testing to make sure that when it a disaster does happen, you know, everything works hunky-dory, right? Um, and then the last two things is really around compliance um, regulations and aspects that, uh, you know, sort of determine uh, what, you, what your strategy should look like in order to meet certain industry regulations or, or other you know, compliance needs that you may have in your specific vertical. Um, so just a quick uh, overview of Cohesity. We are, we are a company founded about five years back um, trying to you know, redefine what we call as uh, secondary data and applications. Uh, and I'll talk a little bit more about you know, what we do in the, in the hybrid context of both on-premise and in, and in the cloud. So we have a number of customers here, um, you know, some, some, some big names, as you can see, uh, and then a couple of ones represented here. So when we look at um, a typical environment today on-premise, th this is what it looks like. What you see on the top is where your you know, primary applications are running. This is typically where uh, it's uh, higher performance, low latency sort of uh, infrastructure that you're deploying. Flash is making a bigger presence here from a storage perspective. But what you see below that is sort of what the data protection or secondary environment looks like today. So it's, it's a pretty complicated, heterogeneous environment with master media servers writing to different kinds of storage, and in some cases even uh, you know, tape infrastructure, right? Um, and more often than not, uh, in this environment, as you can see, it's, it's fragmented and inefficient, but then also cloud is an afterthought because these sort of products and legacy systems were built uh, in, you know, pre-cloud era in, in, in some ways, right? So they're really bolt-on gateways. And typically just 
sending data to the to the cloud from a storage perspective and not really be you know able to do much with that backed up data so this poses a, a challenge in, in in and of itself just in the on prem world and when you add cloud to the mix an even bigger challenge right so what cohesity does is the first thing uh, we can sort of like sweep away all that you know fragmentation and inefficiency that is introduced by the different products and and management consoles that you have by running what we call the cohesity uh, data platform it's uh, the same constructs and principles that you are familiar with in the aws cloud world uh, but running in uh, in in on premise so it's a distributed scale out platform uh, and that's that's what we call the cohesity data platform running on just commodity uh, hardware infrastructure um, either you know sourced by us or by any one of our uh, partners like um, you know cisco and hp and others um, and then from uh, a data protection standpoint uh, you know we have consolidated all that the the, the master media and the, and the policy engines that dictate these backups and eliminated the fragmentation and inefficiency around it so the other aspect is when you have those siloed systems there are multiple copies of data so by bringing it all in under one platform it eliminates uh, that inefficiency and and brings uh, the benefits of dedupe and other uh, you know platform benefits uh, under one uh, umbrella right and then cloud is a natural extension it's, it's built with uh, a cloud native architecture uh, both in terms of leveraging uh, the storage in the cloud sorry both in terms of leveraging uh, the storage aspects but also more importantly taking that same data uh, data platform that we run on prem can also run in an amazon uh, ec2 infrastructure so while it runs on on prem hardware in the um, cloud world uh, our data platform runs on just ec2 and uh, and ebs so let's look at how we can sort of take uh, this solution and extend it uh, to solve the dr scenario i'm going to lay out basically two ways in which we do it uh, and then we'll hear from our uh, customers as well as to how they they put it into action so the first one is what we call as uh, the combination of cloud archive or the ability to send data to the cloud uh, and leverage s3 and glacier and be able to use that for disaster recovery right so what happens here is in uh, you have your primary environment backed up onto the cohesity uh, and typically what we see customers do is set up policies where they store a certain number of days of data on premise and then really use s3 s3ia or glacier for long term retention of data right um, and that's what is shown uh, in the picture here you you have a certain number of days uh, on premise and then the longer term retention is stored in the cloud Uh, and we can also support other uh, aws technologies like such as life cycle policy management which move the data from s3 uh, into glacier right um the advantage of using this in the first place is we provide that storage efficiency the the benefits of deduplication and compression which bring a reduction in the storage and the way we uh, store the data in the cloud also leverages that right so now while we can obviously recover the data back to where it came from the disaster recovery scenario is by leveraging what we call as the cloud retrieve functionality and what we do in this in this case is we run that same data platform in the cloud we call it cloud edition so it's running on aws and now the data can be hydrated completely in the cloud so let's assume you have 
uh, say a VMware infrastructure, uh, your, your set of virtual machines got backed up on premise, and now they were archived into S3. During the cloud retrieve, what we do is not only do we run our platform in AWS, we also take those VMs uh, you know, and convert them into the Amazon AMI format. So that way you don't, again, back to the people and the process aspect of it and the automation around it, now you don't have to worry about the format conversions from VMDK to ARMY images and then spin them up. That's automatically taken care of by uh, the Cohesity solution, right? And the other interesting thing is we index everything that we uh, that we that we store. So what what the benefit of that is, um, you know, in a disaster recovery scenario, you may have um, sort of backed up, let's say, thousand uh, virtual machines, but you only want to bring up, say, a couple of applications. So that may only constitute, say, 40, 50 VMs. So you can actually search um, and then hydrate just that relevant set of VMs or applications in in your DR scenario, so that your uh, RTO is better, and also the fact that you know you you don't necessarily need to hydrate all the data and 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 you know the the pain associated with that. So this is sort of like scenario number one in which how you can really leverage the data stored in S3 and Glacier, uh, typically for archive, but address it and solve the DR uh, problem. The second uh, way that we can uh, achieve this is what we call as uh, the cloud spin technology. So here, uh, again, we have an on-premise uh, infrastructure. In this case, I'm showing a number of uh, virtual machines that are landing on uh, the Cohesity platform. And with cloud spin, what we can do is we can, again, set up a policy that automatically takes in uh, these VMs that are backed up um, and create EC2 instances in the cloud. So that way, when you do need to uh, you know, bring this up in a disaster recovery scenario, or even say in, in test dev uh, use cases, then you already have this infrastructure now available and, and ready to use in the cloud. So the difference between this one and the earlier slide is here you don't actually have to have uh, uh, our data platform running in AWS. So we uh, use... Um, uh, the AWS uh, import functionality uh, behind the scenes. So that uh, you know, calls the VM import uh, that AWS has, um, does the conversion, um, also takes into account the specific, EC2, uh, the specific EC2 instances we need to spin up based on the VM uh, specs. Uh, that, that we have from the VMDK files, and then automatically spins them up uh, for uh, disaster recovery purposes. So the key benefit here is that, you know, first of all, your backups that typically, you know, in the past tend to just be dormant and idle. Uh, we have taken that and, you know, you, you can do more with the data. Uh, your backups become more uh, useful and, and, and efficient. And also you don't have to deal with different um, formats, both from an on-premise and cloud uh, perspective. That's something that that complexity is abstracted and, and um, hidden from you and automated so that you can really focus on reusing that and um, more importantly, addressing your uh, disaster recovery need. So with that, I am actually going to turn it over to uh, Mike, who's going to talk about how Adobe uh, has uh, you know, put this all together. Um, and so Mike, take it away. Thanks, Sai. Thank you. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm Mike Graff. I'm a senior manager for infrastructure at Dolby. 
Uh, and my responsibility is basically for all of our data center and cloud operations uh, worldwide. So what is Dolby? Uh, if you're my age, you probably remember Dolby for that little Dolby noise reduction button on your tape deck that made the hiss go away. If you're a little bit younger than me, then you probably think of us as the company that does surround sound, right? Um, but what do we actually do? How do we get started? So we were founded back in 1965 by Ray Dolby with a unique solution to a problem that had been plaguing the recording industry for a long time, which was this tape hiss problem. Uh, and from those small beginnings with a few engineers, we've grown into uh, a company over the past 50 years with over 2,000 employees uh, spread across 21 countries around the world. Uh, but what do we actually do? Well, we are the rain on a roof in the movie. We are the music flowing through your earbuds uh, when you're at the gym. We're the footsteps lurking behind you in a video game. Uh, we're also the voice of the colleague on that conference call that sounds like he's sitting right next to you. Or the sight of a beautiful sunset on a television in your house. These, uh, making these experiences come alive through technology is what we do. And it's been our mission since day one. So with the marketing introductions out of the way, let me dive in a little bit about the existing IT landscape at Dolby. So we operate multiple on-premises data centers in the US, Europe, and APAC, uh, primarily for uh, all of our internal workloads. Uh, this environment's about 90% virtualized, with the remainder of the uh, environment being physical appliances uh, or like a large ISILON filers. Um, and since mid-2016, we've been engaged with the project to migrate most of our workloads out of our on-premises data centers and into AWS, but we do still have stuff on-premise that we need to back up. Um, prior to our engagement with Cohesity, we were using multiple backup tools uh, to deal with our on-premise backups, but our primary tool being a legacy backup tool that we had basically just outgrown. It was mostly getting the job done, uh, but there were a lot of support issues, uh, and it used a proprietary closed cloud for storing uh, of the long-term archives. Uh, in addition, we had some gaps in protection for a large uh, Isilon filer we had in our environment, uh, which none of our existing vendors were able to back up within our RTO and RPO objectives. So when we started with Cohesity, our objective was to find a single, single vendor to standardize on for our backups uh, and allow us to move from a proprietary closed cloud to leveraging uh, public cloud storage for our long-term archives. And more importantly, it needed to be something that wasn't, was going to be a lower support burden for my team. So what were some of those challenges we were facing? Uh, as I mentioned, the long-term archives in a proprietary cloud, uh, that was a big issue for us. Uh, in order to retain access to those backups, we needed to pay protection money, excuse me, maintenance on the solution, <laughs> which is getting more and more expensive every year. Uh, and even worse, when we wanted to do restores from this proprietary cloud, it was a slow and tedious affair when it even worked at all. Uh, secondly, my engineers were spending a lot of time working through quality issues on the product. Um, minor updates would cause major issues with backups that would take weeks to stabilize. And my engineers were spending way too much time on the phone with tech support and not delivering high value projects for our company. Uh, lastly, the lack of any kind of modern API for the solution made the prospect of uh, uh, automating anything kind of a non-starter for us. And these things all just kind of added up to the favorite Amazon phrase of undifferentiated heavy lifting. Uh, and I was looking to get rid of that. 
So when we started working with Cohesity, uh, one of the things we really liked a lot about it was that they weren't afraid to tackle our most challenging workload first. Um, our initial engagement with them was to back up this large Isilon filer we had in our environment. It was the primary filer, it still is, primary filer for our headquarters with over 42 terabytes of data and 39 million files on it. It was this large uh, number of files that caused a lot of our backup vendors to pause. Um, we had, most of the vendors we talked to wouldn't even touch the workload, or if they wanted to touch it, they would only do it if we paid them to run a POC to test the backup. I told them that they might want to look into this thing called the cloud, where you pay as you go. Um, so with Cohesity, it wasn't really like that. They immediately uh, looked at this challenge as a way to prove their value to us. Um, they agreed to a POC uh, agreement with some very simple terms. We'll back up your workload within your requirements, or we'll take the equipment back. Um, and throughout the POC, the Dolby and Cohesity teams worked uh, really closely together to tackle issues as they came up and get us to the point where we actually did get that workload backed up. So once we had that solution in the environment, uh, we found a lot of things to like. The management interface was dramatic improvement over our legacy backup tool, giving us a view into the protection status of all of our workloads much, much more simply. Uh, and most importantly, we found a solution with Cohesity that was ready-made for AWS. Uh, as I mentioned, getting out of that proprietary cloud was really important to us. And so finding a solution that just integrated seamlessly with S3 was really, really great. Uh, so we started off with a single site. This is kind of a simplified representation of our initial environment uh, where we were backing up that Isilon filer. Um, we deployed it in our San Francisco headquarters, sitting right next to the filer. Took a little bit of massaging to get the data set backed up, but we got it done. Thanks again to the partnership with Cohesity. I think there were some long calls with Cy and some of my engineers, but we got it done. Uh, and then once we had the backups on the appliance, we started replicating things out to the cloud. Uh, we, again, leveraging that uh, long-term archive capability to put it out in S3. Uh, now, one of the things that came along during the uh, POC was the ability to start leveraging Amazon's native lifecycle policy, which was a huge thing for us. Um, being able to take those backups and automatically age them down to Glacier while still retaining full visibility and ability to restore from within the Cohesity interface was a major differentiator for the product. And basically, none of the other backup vendors we talked to could do that. So once we had that initial success, we decided we would try to get rid of all of our legacy backup solution as quickly as possible <laughs> and uh, started figuring out how we were going to get more Cohesity in the environment. The next step was to deploy a, a cluster in our North, uh, North American Colo to back up all the VMs located there. Um, once we had the two boxes in place, we were able to leverage box-to-box -box replication to be able to make our most mission-critical backups be in two places, two different data centers, while continuing to leverage the cloud archive piece to put all of our backups out to S3 for long-term retention. So we basically have multiple appliances that are all replicating data up to buckets in S3, and then we're leveraging, again, the native lifecycle policies to push that data down to Glacier and save us, after 30 days, push it down to Glacier and start saving money. So we basically store copies both on the appliance and in S3 for 30 days, and then we, we flow it down to Glacier for the next 11 months. So this is kind of a breakdown of our entire environment, how much we're doing with Cohesity currently. So we have uh, footprints, our largest footprint is in North America. We do have a footprint in EMEA and APAC, uh, and this kind of just represents, gives you a snapshot of what we're actually backing up. 
And on the right side is a representation of our S3 usage, our cohesity-specific S3 usage. The, I know that's really tiny, but the, the kind of darkish pink line that starts up and then go, starts going down is regular S3. And it basically, it spiked up when we first started using it. Then as soon as we implemented the lifecycle policies, you see Glacier, which is the purple line, going up and up, and S3 kind of flattening out and going down. Um, the Glacier hasn't flattened out yet because we are continuing to add more workloads, and we have not yet kind of gotten to that full 12-month retention where we would start to see the Glacier flatten out. And then the little spike you see kind of on the bottom, the blue, is we recently made a change to start putting backups directly into S3IA instead of into S3. We had originally started with S3 because we wanted to move data out quicker than 30 days, but we accepted that if we put it in S3IA, we'd keep it there for 30 days and then push it out to Glacier. This is that minimum requirement for S3IA for the data to stay in there for 30 days. So, going through the results, wrapping it up. Uh, first and foremost, we've seen a dramatic improvement in the reliability and timely completion of the backups, which was really important. Uh, my engineer is no longer spending multiple hours a day on the phone with tech support, uh, and it's just really made things a lot better from a support perspective. Uh, and then I got my wish, being able to move out of that protection money cloud and into my own cloud, and being able to leverage the native lifecycle policies to, to control that data, but still retain visibility in the inter interface. And then last but not least, we are actually saving money with the solution saving $30,000 a year in OPEX uh, due to lower maintenance costs on the solution. So what are we gonna do next with Cohesity? Um, we're basically looking to test a lot of these recovery scenarios that Sai talked about. We did some initial testing with Cloud Spin when we purchased the product and now we're looking to move forward with testing of Cloud Retrieve and Cloud Edition uh, to be able to leverage those on-premise backups for restores directly in the cloud. And then most interestingly, what we started to look at now is the use of Cohesity to actually go out and replace those on-premise file servers as the primary file server for sites. Um, most of our file data is moving out to cloud storage, but there is some small use cases in a lot of our locations where we need to have that local file server capability. Um, and the idea of being able to use the Cohesity that's already in place to service that need and be able to rip out whatever existing file server I have is uh, powerful to me. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Ed. Thank you, Mike. So I'm, like I said, I'm Ed Honeycutt with High Performance Technology. I'm Cloud Practice Manager. Uh, we're a small company in the, in the, in the southeast. Uh, we've got probably oh, a couple thousand clients that we work with. We are founded in 2002. Um, and we focus on data center transformation, helping our clients with their digital journey and moving their data to the cloud. And we take a very client-centric approach. Um, and we try and be as vendor neutral and as unbiased as we can in our evaluations because the customer's agenda is our agenda. At the end of the day, if the customer doesn't succeed, none of us succeeds. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about one of our clients, and it's a global food services vendor. They have operations in North America, South America, Europe, and Asia. Um, they were challenged by their legacy DR and backup processes was impeding their digital transformation. They had a very aggressive program to move all their applications and all of their processing in the Amazon as quickly as they could. Um, but they were running into problems trying to modernize with their backup. Where we landed in the environment was with Cohesity and AWS. 
uh, using a combination of on-premise and AWS cloud, creating a hybrid environment for the backups. Our objective was to modernize that DR backup recovery infrastructure and make cloud a key centerpiece of their strategy and not, an add, not a bolt-on, not an add-on. So all our CIOs and CTOs have got one of these hanging on their wall or they've got one in their mind or they talk to you constantly about it, about how they want to take you from old and busted to the new hotness and everybody goes running light speed down the information superhighway. And it's a great plan, and it's a great idea, and we're all aggressively pursuing at that. Our problem is we run headlong into a lot of business challenges in our day-to-day -day work. And usually the one boat anchor that gets all of us is DR and backup. Why? Our client, like most of us, the DR was not meeting RPO and RTO objectives. They could not get the test done, with, and it could not get the applications back online in time to make the business happy. It was expensive, and it was disruptive. Six different technologies, six different release schedules, six different patching cycles, and it took total outages to do any kind of a replacement strategy. And their backup windows were very small, and in a loss of any back, single backup window put them days or weeks behind in their backup and their archive strategy. And unfortunately, DR and backup is not number one on the CFO's financial hit parade. They, it always winds up, if a project gets pushed, it's the upgrade of the backup system or it's the upgrade of the DR system. And the next thing you know, you're having that conversation that none of us likes to have with our provider that says, I don't care how much money you give me, I'm not going to support that anymore. And now you've got unsupported platform in your, inside your environment. And our client was the same way. They had six different backup technologies, and four of them were at or beyond end of life and end of support. And naturally, the prior solution didn't integrate with AWS at all. And here they are aggressively moving their applications and their backup and everything in AWS, and they're trying to manage their backup and DR solution inside AWS, just doing EBS snapshots and S3 replication, which led to a lot of complexity, a lot of lack of automation, a lot of homebrew, and a lot of added effort just to try and keep the ship afloat. Had to fix that. So how did we get here today? They engaged with us to do a competitive analysis and recommendation for a hyper-converged infrastructure that would support a hybrid cloud environment, on-premise and, and cloud. Um, we evaluated multiple products. I mean, we brought in a whole laundry list of, of technologies, the names of which will remain hidden to protect the guilty. And um, we, but the one thing we did do for all of them is we evaluated them against a common set of criteria. And if you're doing any kind of benchmark or any kind of evalu product evaluation, this is critical. It's absolutely critical that you force everything against the common data set so that you can get apples to apples comparisons. Yes, I know every vendor is going to tell you that I, don't, I get better than a 4-to-1 dedupe, or I get better than 2-to-1 dedupe on that. It doesn't matter. In this case, we sat down and said, here are the objective standards that, and the minimums, the minimums that the client is willing to work with. And what this does is avoid those unexpected surprises. If you get better than this, great. Now you don't have to purchase the product as often. You've got more capacity on demand at home. If you get let in, and you won't get less than this, because getting less means you're making an unscheduled buy. 
You're going into the CFO's office and saying, hey, I know I told you I didn't need to buy any more backup stuff for 12 months, but we're out of space and I got to buy more. You don't want to do that. So make sure when you set your criteria up, you, it, set, it set, establishes your baseline and your minimums so that you know you're going to live within it and it will work for you. For us, and this customer, Cohesity was a hands-down winner on price, performance, and functionality across the board. But did we jump to the end state all at once? No, uh, because as a lot of us struggle with as on our cloud migrations, you've got a lot of people, a lot of processes, a lot of resistance. And when you start talking about backup and DR, there's a lot of legacy thinking in that, in that operation. There's a lot of people that have a hard time getting their head wrapped around cloud concepts and how the cloud moves. So you have to sort of lead them over time. So in the beginning, the original proposal we worked on with them was for an on-premise Cohesity data platform, another Cohesity platform in their colo, established bi-directional replication between the two, so you have failover and fail back. Because remember, if you, it's not going out to DR, you also got to come back. So that means you got to be pushing data back into the original place. So how do you get there? And also they wanted to begin to begin that process of moving to the cloud. So they wanted to get the archive up and running, be able to push your archives into S3, and then be able to do as much POC and testing with Cloud Retrieve to pull it back into the into Cloud Edition platform and be able to then hydrate the VMs in EC2. But we sat down and worked with them and said, look, you're trying to get to the cloud. You're trying to minimize your cost. You're trying to optimize your operation. You're trying to reduce complexity. Let's take a look at this. And after several iterations, we eliminated the colo. They were able to, see, they, once they got into it, they were able to see they're aggressively moving their applications to the cloud, that there, there was no need for the colo any longer. We could go straight to the cloud with it for their DR um, and eliminate that whole cost component from the architecture. Plus, we were able to do by putting the cloud edition in the cloud, we were able to do fail back and fail over, back and forth. Again, get that bi-directional go out and come back because we can send data both ways now. Plus, use cloud spin so that we can shorten our RPO window. Every night, batch job runs, generates their high, they're, they're, uh, they're very small RTO applications, precede those VMs as AMIs and EC2, and then shut them down. So they're sitting there ready to go. So that whenever you say go, all you have to do now is update the deltas from last night, from the day. Minimal, minimal, minimal bits of data, not the whole, not the whole data set. You're not pushing that whole VM inside your RTO window trying to get it back up and running. So by preceding this stuff, you're able to greatly reduce the, your RTO time. And then you've got your data cloud edition so you can update it rapidly and continue to back it up once it's up there and running. So how did we work? We were able to get to where they met all their RPO and RTO objectives. We took them down from taking weeks to run a DR test to where now it takes a matter of hours to run a DR test. It meets their objectives. The whole project only took six weeks from order to delivery to get the thing up and running. Um, we, we actually leveraged the um, AWS Snowball and to accelerate preceding of the data 
because you do have to get one copy of the data out in, into the cloud. We now have a seamless integration with non-disruptive updates. You know, with the Cohesity platform, they're able to update in a rolling fashion through the architecture. At the same time, they're continuing to provide services, do their backups, do all the other work. So no longer do they have to take an outage to do their backups so they don't lose those backup windows. They're able to keep them running. They're running on state-of-the-art hardware, state-of-the-art software, and it's all software defined, fully API driven. So there's no, it eliminated a lot of work for them. Seamless integration with AWS, it's native. They didn't have to do any kind of uh, un unnatural acts. And it's very simple, single management platform, full automation. Best news of all, is we're saving them $500,000 in annual, annual OPEX costs. We eliminated Colo, eliminated all those circuits, eliminated all, all that on-premise hardware, eliminated six different technologies, got them down to one, reduced their maintenance costs, and that's, that's a gift that keeps on giving for them. That, gave, that gives them $500,000 a year. They now turn right around and turn it into development for their applications. They reinvest it back into business that's spending on something they can't do anything with. So what do we learn? Let's, let's take a look at the, uh, at the um, AWS cloud adoption framework. Everybody's familiar with that. And, and what lessons can we take away from our activity here? Um, executive sponsorship. We had strong executive leadership in the project. We had the CIO, the CTO was on board, CFO was fully engaged. We had executive leadership from Cohesity and from HPE engaged with us on the journey so that we had no problem overcoming the hurdles. And this was critical because you're always going to run into them. There's always going to be something that gets in your way and you're going to need that executive leadership to help you overcome that battle. Cloud first strategy. This is where the client struggled. This is where we probably had the biggest amount of trouble. While they had a solid cloud first strategy for all of their application migrations that they were working on, when it came to DR, they started out trying to apply those same old legacy principles of how to do DR and how to do backup and how things had to work, how things had to operate. As a matter of fact, right, one of the first things they ran into and were dealing with was like, wait a minute, we, our backups, our, our archive out is behind schedule. And we started looking into it and dove into it. And we realized that the reason is you're just continuing to do, in the past, they had been taking SQL dumps and throwing them onto an NFS share and then replicating it. And that was how they were doing DR. But when we put Cohesity in, initially the DBAs pushed back and just said, no, we're going to continue to do NF, we're going to continue to do our SQL dumps onto your NFS and you're going to replicate it out. Well, what happens when you do a SQL dump and push it on, to push it onto a file system? It's a, every one of them is a unique binary blob. You can't differentiate the data. So in every one of those, so you take a 40 terabyte database and you dump it into an NFS share, you gotta push 40 terabytes around. You, you can't dedupe it, you can't compress it, you can't do anything with it. But at the same time, we're going, look, here is a native, here's the native plugin, put it in the SQL database, make it, now your backup becomes aware, SQL aware, and you're only pushing, and now you're only backing up deltas. You're only moving your change rate data. You're only moving 2% of the data around instead of trying to move 100% of the data every night. Um, so that, that was getting that, getting that mindset into cloud-native framework and cloud-native concepts is where we really spent a lot of time. 
And then principles and standards, this, we spent a lot of time on this one and working and making sure that we had clearly defined processes and procedures for them. Cohesity nat naturally and natively gives them the ability to experiment. It's built in the agile cloud native framework. They have regular release cycles. They take feedback very well. Um, they're able to, to push out changes that the customers need. So it's pretty much custom built and tailored for that slow, agile, iterative approach. So you don't have to take that big bang all at once. Um, they did have a cloud center of excellence and, and we built one around Cohesity with, with the Cohesity team and HP team to be able to get that done. And organizational change. They're running this entire platform with one half of one FTE. One, one half of one person, it's a part-time job. It doesn't really, does the whole, whole platform work. Um, and it created a whole new, and it required a whole new set of organizational changes and procedures. The, the DBAs are still fighting them, um, but they're slowly making progress because now when, when you go in and you tell the CFO, you've got two choices. Either these guys start using the native SQL backup or um, you got to buy a 10 gig circuit to Amazon every month <laughs> to keep up with the data, the data increase rate. Hmm. Uh, that didn't go over too well. So uh, naturally they took the, the cheaper adoption. And then lastly, start small and iterate. Take the agile approach. Don't try and conquer the world at one time. Carve it out, take a piece of it, work through it. And that's what they're doing. Um, and they're constantly changing, evolving, and, and, and make, moving forward. Um, when we first started the program, we didn't have the ability to do um, AWS native backup. And now we've got the, now, and now with the latest release of Cohesity, they're now moving forward and being able to integrate that native backup capability on those, on those um, EC2 instances. The key to success for all this was having a strong team and having good, good relationships with all involved. Um, Hewlett Packard, um, HPT, Cohesity, and AWS, um, because they, they had an AWS resident on, on site that we worked with closely. Um, really, really made it all happen. And these, and there's no better testimonial than the words of the CIO around what we, what we were able to do for them in, in modernizing their architecture. Because we basically took a cloud migration program that was off the rails and put it back on the rails because we're, they're now able to meet their compliance requirements and satisfy their DR and RPO for a change. And with that, I'll turn it back over to Cy for Q&A. Yeah, we wanted to be cognizant of time here, and we know it's late in the day, so um, fire away if you have any questions. There's one. So the question was, what kind, of, what kind of connection do we have to AWS? We do have a one gig direct connect from our data center back to the cloud. Yeah. Any other questions? The only other comment I make about that is that it's, you only really need that fat pipe for the first seed. Once you've got that first seed done, the incremental forevers tend to be relatively small, so, um, and you don't necessarily need that fat pipe the whole time, depending on your data set. Well, I just wanted to summarize here and, and uh, basically say that, you know, in the combination of Cohesity and AWS, uh, check us out, uh, visit our booth. Uh, and uh, you know, if, uh, learn about Cohesity and how we can solve your both backup as well as uh, DR challenges. And uh, we are here to you know, answer any more questions and, and also uh, help you uh, as you take this journey uh, into AWS.
So thank, thanks for attending and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. And please fill out your survey.